0: Good morning, Faithful Listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of John. Hello and happy Thursday, friends and faithful listeners. Thanks for tuning into this episode. And this happens to be my birthday also. And I actually get to talk about the topic of adultery today. But I don't think I tell you guys this very often. And I want to mention this. I just want to say how much I appreciate all of you. I love seeing all of your emails that you guys send me about how you're appreciating the podcast. That means a lot to me. But I love doing this podcast. I love doing it. It is one of my greatest joys in life to be able to sit down and and talk about the Bible. It's just a it's very fun. It's different every single day. It's new and exciting every single day and i i love doing it but i wanted to mention that because i don't often say that i'm appreciative of it and that i enjoy it because i do and i i appreciate all of you guys also so thank you for your messages over the past couple weeks but let's go ahead and talk about adultery today we're going to be discussing john chapter eight and this is one of the most famous stories in the bible this is one we always hear about this is where jesus writes in the sand, and it's only mentioned here in John chapter 8. This is the only time this story is mentioned. So let's talk about this. It's going to be fun. I'd like to discuss John 8 verses 1 through 11 today. So feel free to grab your Bible in the version that you prefer, but I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. this morning. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now, very early in the morning, he came again into the temple and all the people came to him. He sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman taken in adultery. Having set her in the middle, they told him, Teacher, we found this woman in adultery in the very act. Now in our law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What then do you say about her? They said this, testing him that they might have something to accuse him of. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he looked up and said to them, he who is without sin among you let him throw the first stone at her again he stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger they when they heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one beginning from the oldest even to the last Jesus was left alone with the woman where she was in the middle Jesus standing up saw her and said woman where are your accusers did no one condemn you she said no one Lord Jesus said neither do I condemn you go your way from now on, sin no more. I have a little footnote actually in my Bible, and there's other Bibles that I was looking at that mentioned that this portion that we read today may not have been included in the original text. So I looked this up further and I found myself on Enduring Word, which I, I love that commentary a lot. And apparently, people who like put the Bible together... <laughs> I don't know what those guys would be called scribes. I don't know. People who like arrange the Bible aren't really sure where this portion belongs in scripture. And they're not sure if John wrote it, but they do know that it belongs like it it happened. There is evidence of it happening. Apparently, early Christians talked about this exact story and there's writings about this exact story so this happened this entire story of jesus stooping down in the dirt and writing with the adulterous woman it happened but people just aren't really sure where it belongs in scripture which i found kind of interesting so let's just assume it belongs right here because that's where it's at so jesus goes up to the mount of olives and this was right after the feast of booths had finished in fact John 7 segues very nicely into John chapter 8. So it says very early in the morning after Jesus slept on the Mount of Olives, he came down into the temple again and the people came to him and he sat down and he taught them. So I don't know if Jesus's disciples were around at this point in time or not. P- possibly not, actually, because it does say that Jesus went to Jerusalem alone and very secretively a week before this. So, it's possible his disciples weren't actually around him at this time, or maybe some of them were. I don't know. But anyway, Jesus goes down to the temple and teaches the people. And this would have been a day or two after the Feast of Booths ends. So, the scribes and the Pharisees, who very much did not like Jesus, and we we left off with them trying to arrest Jesus, but being unable to. It says they take this woman that was found in adultery and they set her in the middle and then they begin to accuse her to Jesus. And in verse six, it says that they did this testing Jesus that they might have something to accuse him of. It's actually very funny because we're going to talk about adultery in the Old Testament and the rules regarding adultery very, very soon, probably next week. But I'm actually going to turn to Deuteronomy 22 anyway and talk about the verse regarding adultery. It says in Deuteronomy 22, verse 22, if a man is found lying with a woman married to a husband, then they shall both die. The man who lay with the woman and the woman, you shall remove the evil from Israel. So adultery was not a uh, not a good thing. And it was punishable by death. However, we do know, based upon this verse, that both the man and the woman were supposed to die if they were caught in the act of adultery. And secondly, there was absolutely no death penalty that could be doled out if there weren't two witnesses that witnessed these two people having an affair together. So adultery was a really, really hard one to catch people in the act of. And I would guess that um, that not many people in Israel died from adultery unless you could like explicitly prove it somehow. But because adultery is, is typically a very private thing, it would be hard for two witnesses to see two people in the act of sexual intercourse unless it was very out in the open and very public. And that was actually one of the reasons why that law was put into place was so that rampant adultery out in the middle of the streets wouldn't end up happening because we know that culturally people have been crazy over the years and, uh, you know, different forms of idol worship would have like big giant orgies and, and crazy things like going on like that. And that was a way for God to put a stop to all of that by putting the rule of adultery in place. But going back to the story of Jesus here with this adulterous woman, it says that they bring this woman to him and set her in the middle of them. And this was a way to test Jesus so that they could accuse him potentially of something. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But they say... Teacher, we found this woman in adultery in the very act. Now, in our law, Moses commands us to stone such women. What do you have to say about her? And so Jesus stoops down and writes on the ground with his finger. I really had to think about that. I've actually heard sermons over the years about like what Jesus was writing in the sand. There was like this woman's conference I went to years ago where the woman was like he was writing love in the sand and i remember back in those days being like that is so cheesy that is so corny (laughs) and because of the fact that we don't actually have any evidence of what jesus was writing and also the word wrote here could mean also doodle It literally could mean draw. So we don't actually know. For all we know, Jesus was drawing just basic stick figures in the sand. We have no clue what he was writing or drawing here. But people like to speculate and and give all sorts of crazy, crazy things out there. Like he was writing love in the sand or he was writing, you know, a verse about mercy in the sand or something like that. He was writing his accusers names in the sand. But we don't know. And so I had to think about why did Jesus stoop down and write in the sand? Because I think that that's more important than what he actually wrote. The act of him stooping down and writing is pretty interesting. Now, where my mind goes with that personally is when I'm uncomfortable with something, I have a tendency to uh, fiddle. (laughs) And I actually have, I don't know if you guys know this, I actually have ADHD. And so if I'm very uncomfortable, like at a table or if I'm just, you know, sitting there talking with somebody, I always am fiddling with something. For example, right now I am playing with a rubber band. And in fact, every single time I do a podcast episode, I have something in my hands. I'm moving around in some way. But this gets accentuated very greatly when I'm in an uncomfortable position. And I'm not saying Jesus has like ADHD, by the way. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that Perhaps he started writing in the sand because this was a very uncomfortable situation. I mean, Jesus had emotions. He had feelings. Perhaps he really was uncomfortable by this entire situation because he knew exactly what was going on here. He knew that these Pharisees were only bringing the woman when the law explicitly states that both the man and the woman caught in the act of adultery were to be stoned together. Perhaps Jesus knew that this entire thing was a setup. Perhaps he knew that one of the adulterous men were actually in the middle of this entire congregation that was coming to Jesus. Perhaps all of them were involved in it. I don't know. But perhaps Jesus, knowing all of this and knowing the hearts of people, we've already established, John actually has already established that Jesus knew the hearts of people. Maybe Jesus was just uncomfortable with this entire situation. And I've actually heard from other sources, I don't know if this is true or not, that the woman could have potentially been either naked or dressed very scandalous, scandalously because she had just been caught in the act of adultery and they just pulled her out of the room and took her however she was. Don't know if that's the case or not. Maybe she was fully clothed. No clue on that one. But This entire situation is extremely uncomfortable, not to mention that this was very public, because don't forget that Jesus was sitting down in the middle of a multitude and teaching them. Now, the other reason, and perhaps this one is more more logical and more likely, perhaps Jesus stooped down in the sand and wrote during all of this to make the Pharisees get uncomfortable. (laughs) Because it, it says here that the Pharisees had to keep asking it. It says when they continued ask asking him in verse 7, because Jesus was kind of ignoring them. He was stooping down in the dirt, writing, whatever, in the sand, and he was ignoring these Pharisees. I can imagine this situation got increasingly uncomfortable and embarrassing for the Pharisees also. This would also give the, the Pharisees time to think about what they were doing here and the mess up they were kind of making with this entire situation. Now, I want to go back to why the Pharisees did this. They did this, obviously, to test Jesus, to accuse him of something. Now, what, what their goal was here was to bring this woman in front of Jesus And try to get Jesus to answer what should happen to this woman, right? Now, if Jesus was like, oh, let the woman go, that would make Jesus look like he didn't care about the Old Testament law. Because the Old Testament law, like we read in Deuteronomy 22, states that adulterous women and adulterous men should be stoned. So if Jesus was like, no, no, let her go, it would look like Jesus didn't know his stuff. However... If Jesus was like stone her right now, this would get him in trouble with the Romans because the Romans were the only ones who had the authority at this time period to actually exile somebody. And because this was very public, it looks like Jesus was still in Jerusalem at this time. I'm sure Romans soldiers were everywhere. And so if Jesus was like, yes, stone her, that would get Jesus in trouble with the Roman government. And then, you know. Jesus would would potentially be taken away as a prisoner to the Roman people. So the Pharisees are are doing this, thinking that they found the perfect solution to try to get Jesus in in trouble. Either he would be defamed as not understanding God's law or he would be taken away by the Roman authorities. (laughs) But Jesus did not fall for their trap. Instead, he stoops down on the ground, writes in the dirt with his finger. And so they keep asking him. And so Jesus looks up at them is what it says. It does not say he stood up. It just says he looks up and he says to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger. So that's all Jesus said. Now, this would have gotten the Pharisees, to think about that because once again in in the Jewish law there was a rule that if witnesses came forward against somebody they would have to throw the first stone at the person who was accused if that person was in fact worthy of the death penalty at that point the witness would be the one to cast the first stone but false witnesses if it was found out that they were false witnesses they would die by the same exact way. You know, if a false witness uh, had somebody charged to death and cast the first stone, then later on, say somebody found out that that person was a false witness, that false witness would die by stoning. So this would get the Pharisees to think a little bit what Jesus said. And it actually says in verse nine, they, when they heard that, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning from the oldest, even to the last. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, the, the Pharisees uh, were convicted by Jesus's words. When they heard Jesus speak it, they were convicted. This is why the writing in the sand thing I don't think is as important, because they weren't convicted by Jesus's letters in the sand. They were convicted by Jesus's words. They were convicted by their conscience. So something fishy was going on here. We don't know exactly what. John doesn't, you know, John doesn't specifically say the fishy nature of what was going on here, but something fishy was happening because there was no man being brought forward as an adulterer, just the woman who was the adulteress. And yes, the woman was in fact an adulteress and even Jesus at the very end tells her to stop sinning. So she was an adulteress. We know that for sure. But was there more to this story? Were all the Pharisees guilty of the same sexual crime, of having an adulterous affair with this woman? Possibly. Or were they protecting one of their own who was doing this? You know, this adulterous affair with with this woman? Potentially also that. We don't know. We, we, We don't know the full story, but we know something fishy was happening because the Pharisees were convicted by their... Conscience, conscience when they heard Jesus' words. So they went out one by one, beginning from the oldest even to the last. <laughs> so the oldest Pharisees left first, and then the younger ones followed behind. And it says, Jesus was left alone with the woman where she was in the middle. So the woman was left alone with Jesus there. And I don't know if there was still a crowd around Jesus. Could have been. But regardless, Jesus and the woman were alone. And so Jesus stood up and saw her and said, Woman, where are your accusers? Did no one condemn you? (laughs) And she said, No one, Lord. Whenever Jesus asks a question, he's, he's doing it to get the person to think. And I think in this situation, he is now convicting the woman. Where are your accusers? Did no one condemn you? for this sin that you committed. And she says, no one, Lord. So Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go your way from now on. Sin no more. So yeah, we we know based upon Jesus's words that she did in fact play a part in this adulterous affair that happened. We know that because why would Jesus say, go and sin no more if she was, you know, a rape victim or something like that? Because we know based upon Old Testament law, also that women who were raped were actually uh, not considered guilty at all. Only the man was and only the man was supposed to be stoned. So because Jesus says this, we know for sure that this woman was, in fact, in an adulterous affair somehow. But Jesus does not condemn her. There's another verse in scripture where Jesus says he does not come to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So Jesus did not come to earth 2,000 years ago to condemn people. He came to save people. On top of that, I would guess that this woman at this point in time was probably pretty repentant because she was almost about to die. And Jesus was the one who saved her life. Jesus saved her life after she committed this, this sin that was worthy of stoning And Jesus was the only person in that entire, in the entire world actually, that was able to cast the first stone because he was the only person that was without sin. And he did not condemn this woman. He came to save her. He came to save people like this woman. This doesn't mean that Jesus was okay with sexual sin, which some people have twisted this story to say that Jesus is totally cool with sexual sin. No, Jesus was not cool with sexual sin. That's why he says, like, pluck your eye out if it causes you to sin. (laughs) That's in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus was not okay with sexual sin, but he did come to earth to forgive and to save people. And this woman was clearly in need of a savior. And Jesus became that savior for her. And Jesus becomes the savior for all of us. Jesus is our savior. But when we come into that relationship with Jesus, where Jesus becomes our Savior, and we accept that free gift of salvation that Jesus gives us, here's what Jesus says. From now on, go and sin no more. So get rid of those habitual sins that you might be stuck on, is what Jesus is saying to this woman. Perhaps she was a a adulteress through and through. Perhaps she... Had a lot of adulterous affairs, but Jesus tells her to turn away from that stuff, to repent from all of that and turn towards Jesus instead in in the life that Jesus requires us to live. The Christian life. I mean, we're going to get more into Paul's letters later on. But a lot of Paul's letters talk about, like, before you knew Jesus, this used to be you. You used to engage in sexual affairs and and this and that and drunken parties and whatever else. But you don't do that anymore because you live a new life of imitating Jesus. And that's literally what Christian means. It means to imitate Jesus. And the only way we can imitate Jesus is through the gift of the Holy Spirit, That's the only way we can imitate Jesus, because our sinful nature is much more like this adulterous woman who gets into these like habitual habits of sin. But once we get the Holy Spirit, he helps us break free from those habitual habits. There's an excellent book that I like that talks about habitual uh, sinful habits And I've mentioned it before on the podcast. It's called The Steps to Freedom in Christ. It is extremely cheap on Amazon. It's written by Neil T. Anderson. And I recommend going through it. It's a workbook. And it talks about habitual sins and uh, how to break free from those once you become a Christian. Because it is extremely hard to break free from habitual sins. It is. Especially if you are addicted to something. It's very difficult to break addictions. But Neil T. Anderson in his book, The Steps of Freedom in Christ, really talk about how to break free of an addiction. And so I recommend anybody who's struggling with a addiction that you know is a sin and that you know is holding you back from living the the Christian life that you want to live. I recommend getting that book. And I also recommend like researching um, passages of scripture to help you break that habitual sin. Well, faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. This one was really, really enjoyable for me to talk about. What a fun episode to talk about on my birthday. But guys, I hope to see you all tomorrow for an episode out of Deuteronomy. We're going to be talking about Deuteronomy. What are we going to talk about tomorrow? Yeah, we're going to talk more about Deuteronomy chapter 22, which is interesting because uh, we'll, we'll be getting more into the adulterous affairs moving on here soon. But guys, I hope to see you tomorrow morning for an episode at Deuteronomy. Don't forget that you can get your Bible Explained podcast bumper sticker so that you can promote the podcast wherever you go. Those are available in the shop right now. I'm going to drop a link to the bumper stickers in the bio of this podcast episode. Friends and faithful listeners, I will see you tomorrow morning. But until then, happy listening and God bless.